0: what's happening far far away family welcome to star wars in 10 so how's everybody doing on this wonderful tuesday what makes tuesday wonderful you ask it's not monday that's it that's all that it takes to be wonderful okay enough with all that let's get to the story because yesterday bane landed on top of vendito's temple and killed a bunch of people so let's find out what happens next Well
1: you have. You are now tuned in to a star or soul, so just sit back when you ready to flow. Say your life of what you know and let the force be the course of where we go as we take this journey far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honest if you would join us. No more cultists emerge from the hatches to attack him, but Bane could sense nearly a hundred more in the temple below him. The ones he had slain on the roof were the warriors. Guardians, sent up by the priests and attendants, still huddled in the rooms and corridors of the Pyramid. The remaining enemies were potentially more dangerous. The priests of Andedu had no doubt ascended to their positions because of their affinity for the Force. Their training was probably limited, and Bane knew no single one among them was powerful enough to stop him. Together, though, they might have the potential to overwhelm him. However, He didn't intend to give them time to organize so they could attempt to unite their strength. Moving quickly, Bane strode over to the hatch. Sometime during the battle, it had been closed, and he discovered it had been locked from the inside. Letting the force flow through him, he clipped his lightsaber and crouched down to grip the handle with both hands. Bracing his massive shoulders, he wrenched the metal hatch open, yanking it off its hinges and tossing it aside. He jumped down the steep staircase revealed below, landing in a sloping corridor that led deeper into Undeadu's stronghold. Igniting his lightsaber again, he moved with long, quick strides as he made his way unerringly through the labyrinthine halls, drawn by the power of Undeadu's holocron, calling to him from the lower chambers. The interior architecture reminded him of the Sith Academy on Korriban ancient stone walls, heavy wooden doors, and narrow halls dimly lit by torches sputtering in sconces along the wall. As he marched through the corridors, Bane sensed the occasional presence of one or two individuals on the other side of the doors he passed. Most simply cowered in the rooms, allowing him to continue on unhindered. They could sense his power, and they knew that interfering with his quest would only result in their pointless deaths. Every so often, however, A cultist whose devotion to Undeadu outweighed all sense of self-preservation would spring out to try to stop him. Bane responded to each of these attacks with brutal efficiency. Some he sliced in two with a single swipe of his lightsaber. With others, he used the Force to cleanly snap their necks, never even breaking stride. By the time he reached the central chamber of the Stronghold, all pretense of resistance was gone. Anyone still left in the temple had retreated to the lowest chambers, fleeing his wrath. Here at the heart of the pyramid, Andedu’s followers had built a shrine to their master. Glow lamps in each corner illuminated the room with their eerie green light. The walls were covered with murals depicting images of the god-king unleashing his power against the armies of those who opposed him. And a great stone sarcophagus lay in the center its lid carved with the relief of the long-dead Sith Lord. In the Valley of the Dark Lords on Korriban, Bane had searched the ancient burial sites of the Sith who had come before him. Each of these, however, had been empty. Over the centuries, the Jedi had stripped away anything of value or dark side power from the world, secreting the treasures away in the Temple on Khorasan for safekeeping. Here, however, Bane had found what had been lost on Korriban. The isolation that had allowed the Jedi to purge Anderu from the Galactic Records had kept his resting place safe from their looting. The sarcophagus on Praketh had been undisturbed for centuries. Inside, the Dark Lord's most prized possession waited to be claimed by one worthy of its secrets. Entering the room, Bay noticed the clawing smell of sickly sweet incense in the air. As he approached the sarcophagus, he could feel the scent crawling over him like a fine mist, clinging to his clothes. Finding a grip on one corner of the sarcophagus's lid, he leaned in and shoved. Muscle straining, he used all his great strength to slide it out of the way. The sound of grinding stone echoing in the chamber as the heavy lid grudgingly succumbed to his efforts. Inside, Andedu's mummified corpse lay on its back. Hands clasped around a small crystal pyramid, clutched against his chest. Reaching into the casket, Bane seized the pyramid and pulled. For a moment it felt as if the corpse inside was resisting him, its bony fingers refusing to relinquish their grip. He pulled harder, wrenching the holocron free from the hold of its dead creator. Then he turned and left the room. On his way back to his ship, only a few of Undeadu's followers made any effort to stop him. Those who did he brushed aside like gnats. He half expected to find a few dozen amassed on the roof against him in a last desperate stand. But except for his shuttle, the roof was empty. Apparently, wisdom and self-preservation had prevailed over their loyalty to Anderu. As it should be, Bane thought to himself. The leaders of the cult had realized a fundamental truth. The strong take what they want, and the weak can do nothing about it. They were not powerful enough to stop him from claiming Undeadu's holocron. Therefore, they did not deserve it. Bane climbed into a shuttle and prepared for liftoff. He couldn't help but think that if any of the cultists had been worthy, he would have left with more than just a holocron. He would have taken a new apprentice as well. As it was, the search for Zanna's replacement would have to wait. He had what he'd come for. It would take many days to traverse the hyperspace routes leading out of the Deep Core, but Bane welcomed the journey. It would give him time to explore the holocron in greater detail. And if all went as planned, by the time he arrived back at home, all of Andeddu's secrets would be his. Paradise was anything but what it promised. The ironically named space station was located along a small hyperspace route branching off from the Corellian trade spine. Although technically under a public jurisdiction, the Quadrant was largely neglected by most major shipping corporations. It was known more for pirates and slavers than the transport of commercial goods. But realizing that even criminals needed somewhere to spend their ill-gotten credits, a group of Mune investors had pooled their resources to create an orbital platform Catering to a segment of Republic society shunned on more civilized worlds. Lucia had been to paradise more than enough times in her life. After her release from a Republic POW camp, she had spent several years as a freelance bodyguard. And many of her clients had contracted her specifically to provide protection during their visits to the station. The jobs always paid well, but she only took them when there was nothing else available. Though Paradise officially billed itself as a full-service entertainment lounge, the reality of what transpired there was far more sordid than the innocuous term implied. Pleasure slaves, gambling, and illegal narcotics were available on hundreds of worlds and orbital platforms, most of them promoting themselves as hedonistic retreats for the rich and powerful but generally law-abiding citizens of the Republic. This was not the case with Paradise the clientele here, could best be described with a single word. Scum. Lucia's dislike of the station had been formed on her first visit, and each time she returned, her opinion was further reinforced. As she made her way through the crowd at the Stolen Fortune, the largest of the six casinos on the station, she didn't see anything to change her mind. Music was pumped in through overhead speakers, mingling with the General Din rising up from the crowd. Humans, near humans, and aliens all mingled freely, drinking, laughing, shouting, and tossing credits away on various games of chance. Pirates and slavers made up the bulk of the crowd, along with a few mercenaries, bounty hunters, and a handful of personal security personnel. Virtually everyone was armed. This was
0: an uh, okay part. There wasn't a whole lot of action really, but it did set up some suspense. It gave you that I want to hear more feeling which is always a good thing. But other than that, there wasn't much to it. So we will have to find out what happens next on tomorrow's episode of the show. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars N 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening and may the force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Keen Eye Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pig Film Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.